Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Welcome back to another episode of Bell and Beyond. I'm so excited. We have Alana here today. Alana has literally just launched her incredible course called Made to Mother. This course came out of her own second birthing experience, which totally transformed her as a mother and her postpartum. She went into her motherhood journey second time around feeling completely different because of the birth that she had. And she realized that going deeper into her wisdom and her her roots and the way that her ancestors would have birthed and tuning into her faith and relying on God had totally changed the way she saw birth. Her first birth, which she openly talks about, was traumatic. It was hard. It caused a cascade of intervention. It caused her postpartum to not be as enjoyable. It was more stressful. She felt less connected to herself and her baby. And I know because I have so many friends that have gone through an experience like this, the postpartum journey is very different when you have had a traumatic birth. And there's strong women out there and amazing mothers. And to be honest, we can get through anything, but there's definitely an ease that you can go into your postpartum motherhood journey when you haven't had a birth that's been so interfered by professionals, especially when it wasn't probably needed, which is very common in today's society. So Alana's case basically become a home birthing mentor. And with the way things are going in hospitals at the moment, during lockdown and COVID, there has been an increase in hiring doulas and home birthing mentors and women wanting to be at home and not wanting to be at the hospital for an array of reasons. So you're going to meet Alana. I'm inspired by the fact that she's done all the Victorian lockdowns. She's now a mother of two, pregnant with her third, launched a course, become a mentor, started her Instagram. And that for me is absolutely just incredible and inspiring. And if she can do it, I can do it. We all can do it. Apart from the fact that the work that she works in the birth space is just wow. So I hope you're loving this double episode week. I hope you loved the episode as well with Claire. I'm just fired up for this week of entrepreneurs, mumpreneurs, women that are doing amazing things during COVID. Nothing will stop us. If you have a dream and a fire in your belly, then just fire that up and pursue it. Don't let the circumstances hold you back from what is truly deep inside because these women have done that. All right. I can't wait for you to meet Alana. Well, welcome back to another episode of Bell and Beyond. I have the beautiful Alana here, and I'm really excited for you to hear a little bit more about her story. She's just recently launched an amazing course called Made to Mother. She's a home birthing coach, and she is a big ambassador and support for women getting back to their intuition, knowing themselves, really believing in themselves, birthing truly from the center. And she's just a massive ambassador for less interruptions and and more womanly support and community. So welcome, Alana. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that intro. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited too. I've just loved watching your Instagram just kind of explode from afar and have heard obviously such amazing things from you through all our different corners of connections. But can you just tell us a little bit about yourself real quick, your business and a top joyful thing that you're doing either in the morning or with your family or just whatever, just to nourish yourself? Sure, I'd love to. Well, hello everyone. I'm Alana and for those of you who are connecting with me for the very first time, I am in Melbourne, Australia where I was born and raised. I am of Tongan Māori descent, so I hail from the Pacific Islands. I am (laughs) a Christian and I am also a mother of two 
and one on the way. I've been married for almost five years now to my darling husband who is from Samoa. So we are full Pacific breed here in this household. And I am a Christian home birth mentor. I was inspired to start my work through my own experiences as a mother. I had two very different births. My first baby was born in the hospital and it was quite a traumatic experience. But I'm so grateful Mm. for that because that's what woke me up to look down another path. And with some work and some healing, I was able to have an incredible magical, beautiful, special birth at home with my son, my second baby. And it awoke this fire within me. And it's the reason why I am so passionate about supporting birthing women. It's the reason why I do this work. And I love it. It fills me with so much joy. And, you know, you asked me to touch on what one of my joyful activities are. And when I think about it, it's really the simple things. And one of the simple things that I enjoy to incorporate in my day is dancing. I love dancing by myself in the room with my kids. And it's just a really, really simple way for me to just activate my inner joy. I love that. The hip hopper. Yes, (laughs) a lot of that. (laughs) You should do some pregnancy hip-hop dancing on your Instagram. Wow, I never thought of that. That would be so fun. And now that I'm pregnant, I think it would be so fulfilling for me as well. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, just, like, shake the belly. Like, that is just so good. And you could even – does your husband dance with you? Uh, Not really. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, because I've seen – I've seen a really cool – a couple that were doing it. It was kind of like a bit of a tribally vibe dance. I don't know if it was, like – like Maui vibes, it was a bit more African vibes, but it had that kind of like drums and music and they were literally like dancing and rolling and it went, it went virally. It was amazing because wow. who doesn't love a dancing pregnant person? I, I know, mean, right? Seriously, so that cool. is joy right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, okay, so you're a mama. You Did you both in COVID? Your second Just child? before our first lockdown here in Victoria. So I was six weeks postpartum, ready to take on the world, and then we went into our first lockdown. So it was pretty crazy. Okay, so basically you know what it's like to be a mum with a baby in COVID in lockdown, mm-hmm. same as me. That was me last year. So it's a very different experience. So I'm so glad that you got to birth your second baby at home amidst all of that going on because – being in the hospital is a whole other ball game during COVID, which is so something that's probably coming up on your radar a lot right now. And even yeah. my doula, when I birthed, she even said she was like, the babies being birthed during COVID are not like any births I've ever seen before. It's not like the births were necessarily bad because I actually had a really beautiful birth. It's just, it was just different. There's just this differentness in the air. So I think that what you're doing is going to really bring women back to their centre and kind of block out this external wall of kind of fear that's around us and tune back in. So I really love what you're doing. But how have you, other than hip-hop dancing, continued just to find joy in this season and not let the walls of fear kind of cave in around you, especially with the fact that you've just launched something so amazing? Mm, I love that question. You know, in the spirit of full transparency, it was really hard for me, um, particularly last year. Um, I spent a lot of last year being very angry about the situation, very ragey, and I projected a lot of that into the world and how I showed up, especially online, and it was very like, fight, fight, come on, let's all stand up, we got to fight for our rights and things like that. And it came, the intention, you know, was, was good, I think. But where I'm at now is that's not how I want to operate. That's not how I want to live anymore. It's not sustainable. And, you know, what really grounded me and still does to this day is my personal and very intimate relationship with my savior, Jesus Christ. Honestly, that has changed everything for me. You know, I, obviously grew up a Christian my whole life, but wouldn't say I really had a personal relationship with Jesus. And last year it was like, I can keep being angry. I can keep fighting or I can find something more sustainable and life-giving to hold me through these times. Cause 
it's not going away, is it? The world's not going to change anytime soon. The, the evil is just going to keep growing and we need something firm to hold on to. We need something to really anchor us. And there's nothing in the world that can offer me that other than, you know, I have to look to the heavens. So yeah, I'm really grateful that I made that a priority in my life because it's honestly what's held me together. And now I'm in a place where I'm not as impacted by the things going on around me. And I have the ability to switch off from the noise and just choose to live in my joy and choose to live free. And yeah, I'm grateful. And I I love the place that I'm in right now. That's just beautiful. And I can totally relate. I know that Victoria went on a slightly, like their journey started earlier than the New South Wales peeps. Uh, We did have one lockdown last year, but it was nothing like the lockdown we've had this year. And I was talking to a friend recently and she's like, yeah, you're kind of at the place we were at last year and now we're just kind of over it and angry, but you guys are kind of like in the thick of the emotions. She's like, "Mm, we're kind of used to it now. Like, oh, that's not a good thing. She's like, I know, but she's like, that's the reality. And I so feel felt like you, like frustrated and angry, and I still have days where I'm like a bit frustrated and angry. And um, we've just got to turn like inward and like worship's amazing for that, dancing's amazing for that. I just got um, the words of Eden cards, so I'm like that's mm. going to be something fun that I can do in the morning. Mm. I've never pulled cards before. These are the only cards I'd even attempt to pull. Um and it's so true just getting back to the the word and that's truly what uh, is alive. Those words are alive and nourish us daily. And even this morning I was reflecting like who do I let speak words, not just what the words are. Mm. So like just being so careful who I allow in my like word space right now and um, just turn the TV off, read more books, like read the Bible, like just totally, Mm-hmm. Which is probably what you've been doing as well lately. Yeah, definitely. And it's not to say that I'm ignorant to the situation or I don't care anymore. It's just I feel like my energy is far more better invested in other ways, you know, through the work that I'm doing and obviously in my home with my own family and my children and my community. And so. Yeah, it's about living joy sustainably, right? And it's just the anger and the thing, it's not healthy. Yeah. And as a result of that newfound energy that's literally been going into your work, that's Mm -hmm. where you've been trafficking all of your incredible, joyful, passionate energy and you've put all your focus on this, which I guess doesn't leave much time for anything outside of that. And that's why your Instagram took off. You started Mm. doing really honest and real, quite punchy reels that went viral and got lots of attention and traction. And was it from that and the feedback that you were getting that a bit more of a light bulb sort of went off like, well, people are actually really receiving what I'm saying and it's really resonating and landing? Yes, 100%. I realised firstly how the situation of the world right now has forced women to think differently about pregnancy, birth, postpartum and motherhood because we're not able to see our family as often, which means there's, you know, that that support, that channel of support that most women turn to is not really an option anymore. And so it's like, well, what are the, what are the other options? How else can we experience birth and pregnancy? And surely there's another way. And so, yeah, it allowed me to draw from my own personal experiences and just share really authentically about how I've, you know, coped through this season in my own pregnancy and birth and motherhood. And it's just, it's so incredible how it's touch the hearts of so many women literally worldwide it's crazy and it's beyond me how fast it's grown yeah which is epic and sometimes you just need to like I mean to be honest you've been pretty brave to put yourself out there because some of the things you've said could be medically controversial they're just counter cultural then they're not necessarily how everybody would think and with putting yourself out there can also come with some backlash or disgruntled opinions Mm -hmm. or someone (laughs) might not agree with you or someone's had a negative experience that they want to project on the content. How have you navigated through all of that as well and just continued to believe in your purpose and your message and 
yeah, just stay joyful through all of that and Mm. just push on. (laughs) Yeah. It's not easy, especially like you said, because I'm sharing so honestly and from in my vulnerability, anything that I share about my own birth is to me very, very sacred, very, very special. And so I'm mindful each time I am sharing something, uh, yeah, from that place, I'm aware that there are going to people who disagree with me and who have their own personal opinion or experience of what I've shared. So how I kind of try and look at it is like, everyone sees the world through their own lens, lens, right? And that's based on their own personal experience. And so they're coming from a place of their own truth. That's what they know to be true. And it's not always going to be in alignment with mine. But it to me, what keeps me going, especially because I have had a few people make, you know, negative comments on some of the things that I've shared is that I'm like, okay, that's maybe a small percentage of the population of the entire world. That's not for me. And that's cool because the majority is, and I just draw strength from again, you know, like this, I feel like this is my God given gift. Like this is, I feel in a way I'm helping build God's kingdom here on earth. You know, because these mm-hmm. are these are his children that are coming to the world. These are his spirits, and you know the work that I'm doing is to in, empower uh, our mothers to raise the next generation of warriors. So it's beyond me. It's not even about me. You know, I sort of remove myself from the picture and just remind myself that it's okay. God's got my back. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> which is just beautiful. I love that so much. And from this whole process, even during COVID, which didn't stop you, you've been in Victoria, had more lockdowns than any other state. Mm. You're pregnant again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is just amazing. (laughs) And in all of that, while raising two children, you've launched Made to Mother, which was just in the last 24 to 48 Mm -hmm. hours, right? Mm -hmm. Tell us all about that. It's your new course. It's going to totally empower and educate women. So just, yeah, let's dive into it. Yeah. Well, firstly, I'll share the vision behind it. It's really exciting to me because in a bit of a selfish way, I need this. (laughs) And so it came from a place of me, obviously, in this pregnancy, choosing to be completely disengaged from the system. So I am not, you know, working with a midwife or a doctor or not choosing not to have any tests or scans. And, you know, that's often where most women get their support in their pregnancy. And so I had to think about how do I want to be supported in this pregnancy, especially as I prepare for birth. And what came to mind was sort of the, the village mentality. And I feel very drawn to moving back to my ancestral roots, how, how did my ancestors birth, you know? And, it, and and the way I see it is a circle of powerful women, grandmas, aunties, mums, coming together to support the birthing women. So the idea behind Made to Mother is coming back to that, is creating that, that community of women, a sisterhood where we can all journey through it together and hold each other. And, you know, what I hope women get out of this is a reminder of just how incredibly powerful we are and how we've literally been created to birth children. And so it's about moving away from outsourcing our power to somebody else, whether that is a midwife or even sometimes a doula or a doctor, and it's acknowledging you that you have everything within you. You are the ultimate expert of your body. And I think in a, if a woman can learn to trust that and embody that, it makes birth, there's so much more that she can experience in her birth. When she chooses to take full responsibility, it just transforms you in a way that nothing else, no other experience in your life can give you. So I hope I've answered the question correctly, but I I get very fired up and passionate about when I talk about this, obviously from my own experience. Yeah. (laughs) And you probably get lots of questions as well that come through from mums that maybe had a situation in their birth the first time, or they know someone that has a situation in their birth and they're concerned like, there is, there is genuine situations where medical intervention is so necessary. Like I know lots of girls that have had posterior births and they literally needed intervention. Like their body physically couldn't do it anymore or their baby's head was so ridiculously large. Like it was literally like 
physically going to cause problems. Or for me, my baby had a birth defect. So he didn't actually affect my birth at all. If anything, the probably don't know my story. Some people do, but basically he went into NICU and it was completely unnecessary. The doctors mm. freaked out and they weren't experienced enough with cleft babies. And they mm. got worried that basically if he drank milk the wrong way, it would flood his lungs and you don't need to go into NICU. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. There's no open wound. It's just basically they need to use a particular bottle and they can't breastfeed. So as long as they're feeding, it's literally fine. So, but I still feel like same as you, that experience for me was intentional um, because I got to learn what NICU was like. And I have a whole other respect for women who have preemie babies or whatever happens and their baby goes to NICU. And I have so much love for them. They're some of the most courageous women I've ever met in that place. Um, so for me, even I've even said to my husband, I'm like, I want a home birth round too. Like mm-hmm. I'm so there. And he's like a little bit like oh, 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 cautious probably because of our first experience. What would you like say to someone like me? Because I'm easy, I'm here. Someone else that's had like a, a particular first, but like they really needed that medical support and they're like nervous to now go for a home birth round two or three or four or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of women can relate to that. And I, in a way, I can, obviously, because my first baby, I had her in the hospital and I had a lot of intervention that I didn't want to have. And now that I look back, wasn't medically necessary. So Mm. to cut the story short, she ended up, I had an episiotomy, which if any mums don't know what that is, I, I had an incision on my perineum and she was sucked out with the ventus, the vacuum. And I was stitched up and things like that. And after that, I did a bit more research into birth, obviously. And I I came to a conclusion that it wasn't medically necessary. But because of that experience, it did create a bit of trauma for my husband and myself, which I happily did the work on. But when it came to baby number two, and I brought up the whole idea of home birth, obviously, my husband had all his fears and concerns that had not been addressed. And what it took for me was to firstly get really clear on what I wanted. And when I ask women, what's your highest vision for birth? A lot of them say, oh, well, I don't want the drugs and I want it to be natural and I want it to be calm. And I'm like, great, but how do you want to feel? Like, how does that experience feel for you in your body, in your mind and in your spirit? Like, what does that look like when you visualize meeting your baby for the first time? Like, what do you see and what do you hear? What's going on around you? Like, how does that space feel? Yeah, because I feel like that's so much more deeper and meaningful. And what it does is it creates a deeper level of conviction within yourself as a woman, which means that you can more powerfully advocate your needs to your support people. So for example, your spouse, you can say, honey, I know it was terrifying the first time around. I get it. Like, let's talk about that. But I, this is the only way for me. I I refuse to go back to the hospital. This is what I said to my husband, by the way. I said, look, we're having this baby at home. There's no other alternative. And this is why, this is why it's important to me. This is what I want. This is how I want you to support me. Like, can we make this work? Can we do this together? What's it going to take for us to get there? And so my number one advice would be get really clear on what you want, why it's important to you, and then facilitate an honest and open conversation with your husband from a place of love and compassion. Because I know, I know that if you're anything like me, those initial conversations can be argumentative and like debative and like back, 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 pros and cons and back and forth. And it just doesn't work like that. And so, yeah, if you can get really clear on what you want, it means you can stand more powerfully in your, in your wisdom and in your vision. Yeah. I love that so much. And my, like one of, like, it would probably never necessarily be a career path for me, but like deep down, if I had like a, another lifetime or an alternate, like I would love to just see, and I guess I just can be an ambassador for amazing people like you and doulas and stuff, but I just want to see the joy come back to birthing again. And I know there are small situations, to be honest, the situations that happen that genuinely need medical intervention are actually so small compared to how many women are actually birthing. Like there is some genuine situations. A lot of it is 
unneeded intervention, like you say, which cascades into other things and ends up in trauma. And then that trauma is then not dealt with because people get told, well, you should just be grateful that your baby's alive. Mm-hmm. That is not the appropriate approach to grieving the loss of a birth that you once desired or mm-hmm. grieving the loss of being out of breastfeed or grieving the loss of your partner or your doula being there. That's something that you once thought. These are all natural emotions and we should acknowledge them and let women go through it. That's something I'm really passionate about because I cannot stand seeing people go, oh, at least baby didn't die or like stuff like that. It actually doesn't make you feel better. And I just want to see women truly experience not just those four scary white walls that beam in on you when you're lying on that pie crickety bed with those white rough thick sheets that nobody enjoys and actually know what it feels like to birth confidently courageously yes it can hurt Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes it's intense yes there's adrenaline no one's saying that it's going to be this floating through the air the whole time like there's gumption man you gotta have some strength and grit and you gotta get your warrior tribal girl on and you gotta roll that baby out but I just really want to see that joy come back I recently had a friend won't mention too much confidential who I love so much who did not have the experience that she tried to prepare for in every possible way and she literally said to me I'm that girl that's on birth time now I I could be in that movie and I shouldn't have been in that movie and I'm really angry. And she's also a beautiful Christian. She's like, I know this situation is going to get turned to good. And she's like, that's it. I'm rewriting my story round two. Like she'd already decided that straight after and like my heart, like for her, because based on what happened, I was like, that wasn't right. Yeah. Like that was not right. So I love what you're doing so much. I just went on a massive tangent because I'm like you, I get fired up and I really <laughs> want to see the joy come back to women and women truly trust themselves and believe in themselves. And I also think that stems from a lot of women just being beaten down, loss of privileges and rights over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's taking a long time to get women back to the place. We don't even have enough female OBs. Like females weren't even allowed to be like OBs. We have males birthing us that have never even birthed themselves yes. they don't even have female anatomy <laughs> I, I'm sorry don't try and empathize with me you have no idea what you're talking yeah. about let 100%. me stick with my women and I'll come to you if it's an emergency yeah 100% so what I, I'd love to hear more especially because of your beautiful background and something that's taken an absolute fascination for me on this whole journey initiation into motherhood is why the hell are we so behind on the way Africans come around each other postpartum. Asians have a beautiful community. Tribal communities all stick together. Indians coming around each other during birth. I don't know what it is, but our particular culture here in Australia is totally void of that sense of sisterhood and community. Mm. Sometimes it's hard enough just to explain to girlfriends, like it would help if you brought a meal when you came to visit that my baby's not just a show. Like, (laughs) can you talk into what your culture was like birthing and how those roots have really inspired you? Yeah. Well, I was born and raised in Australia, so it's something that I am personally on a journey to reclaim myself. And so I'm actually, I feel like a massive student in that sense where I am just relearning what is within my DNA. And part of that for me last year was I actually took a online Tereo language class. I don't speak much of my native languages, but I feel like part of me, part of my identity was to learn how to speak that again. And within that, I feel like a lot of my ancestral knowledge sort of just more easily come came to the surface and so I feel like right now that village mentality that I have to want to be supported by a circle of women I know that's how my ancestors did it I know that there was a time where obviously medical intervention wasn't even an option and so they had to use the elements of the earth to birth their babies out out in the ocean out in out in the rivers out in water and I feel that's why I uh, naturally am just so inclined to birth that way my son obviously I had him in water and it was incredible and it's I just feel it's in, ingrained in my DNA and it, it's only coming to the surface now. And that's exactly how I want to guide women to birth as well is to know that it's 
firstly, not a medical event. It's a spiritual event. And the more that you can facilitate or create an experience where you're an a- you are able to go within, to really tune into your body and listen to your body, I believe that's part of us returning back to how it was meant to be, how God created us to experience birth. It's not meant to be an event that is feared. It's one that's supposed to spark joy. Like it's meeting your baby for the first time. It should be beautiful. And it saddens me that it's not that way for many women. Hmm. Wow. That is seriously so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I hope you're loving this episode with Alana. Isn't she just amazing? Her story is inspirational. I know there'd be so many women out there that have had a similar first birth as Alana did and you might have been disappointment or hurt or you're still grieving and if any of today's episode has been triggering or bringing up anything from your first birth, I just like firstly want to say make sure you tell like your partner or a friend or someone you love what's coming up or even reach out to a counsellor or any of the hotlines if you really need to. Journaling can be a really great way to move through it as well, but just sending so much love and just really reminding women out there that it's never your fault. Whatever took place is never your fault. You are strong and amazing and you were born to birth and you're an incredible woman and mother. And I truly believe you can rewrite your birth story for second, third, fourth, fifth baby and nothing can stop you. And you are wonderfully made and purposely chosen and you're an incredible person. And I still really hope that even if you have been triggered, that you found hope and love through this episode and genuinely believe that you can craft another birth just the way you want and dream again, go from grief to dream and find that special wonder again for birthing because you are amazing and women that birth are truly incredible. Anyway, let's finish the rest of the episode. I'm pumped. There's two things. How has your initiation into motherhood round two, and I know round two is always a little bit different because you kind of know the drill, been a very different experience to round one. Like I feel like I could say your round two experience postpartum would have been a lot more joyful Mm -hmm. and just really sitting and embracing the moment rather than overcoming the trauma and feeling rattled and fearful. Yeah, 100%. I'm so glad you asked me this question because it was completely unparalleled. There was nothing that I could compare that was similar to the first time around. And it's strange because most women you speak to say that the hardest transition with kids is going from one to two. And for me, of course, there were challenges. But overall, it was so smooth and so cruisy for me. And I really credit that to my birth. Obviously, the first time around was in the hospital. It was traumatic. It was disempowering. I felt so disconnected and so dissociated from my birth that carried with me into postpartum. And so the first time around, what that looked like was social isolation. I had a deep distrust with mothering intuitively. I didn't even know how to be in tune with my intuition because I wasn't in tune with my intuition in my birth. You know, I outsourced all of my power to the medical staff around me and looked to them to tell me what to do and and how to do it. And so when I became a mom, I was still doing that. I was like, how often should she be feeding? When should she be sleeping? And it was crazy because it was so unlike me. The person that I am is very outgoing and bubbly and And all I wanted to do that first time around was just like hide and shrivel up into a corner and not be seen. And it made it really difficult to ask for help. But the second time around, the healing was faster. The recovery was smoother. Breastfeeding was like my son latched onto me straight after birth. And I felt the way that I mothered him was so different. Like I just really felt in tune with my intuition. I was like, does he need to be sleeping now? Well, if he sleeps, he sleeps. He'll let me know when he needs to feed. It was just completely different. So much more trust in myself. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm getting like goosebumps because I'm so excited for my (laughs) second birth because I just know already so deeply what it's going to be like based on 
my first and I know that my first was only interrupted because of the outcomes that, of the expectations of what was on the other side and I was also filled with absolute disappointment that I couldn't breastfeed. So I know I never like allow my first experience ever to dictate what motherhood is like or what it would ever be like for anybody else. I'm, I never project that because I know my situation was so unique but because it was so unique, I just get filled with so much excitement. Like I get dreams of breastfeeding my second baby. Like I am just so hopeful for round two. So I love hearing your story so much because I truly believe everyone gets another chance. You can rewrite your birth story. Don't let anyone dictate or project or ever say that because that happened, this will happen again. No, you can see the complete opposite. And I truly believe that relaxation or that knowing in you totally transforms your motherhood journey. And I actually believe your baby is more settled, less disruptive, sleeps better, eats better, feeds better. The whole family has this real sense of unity. And that does, honestly, I've seen it come from the birth. And I know that's probably really hard for some women to hear or can be really triggering because Mm -hmm. They had that right stolen from them. That's how I kind of see it. Someone actually took that opportunity for you and it's not your fault. It's never, ever the mother's fault. It's the system's fault. So what you're doing is literally life-changing. And the other thing I really wanted to ask you, during this process, because not only are you birthing a dream, which I love, that's been stirring up inside you since your first child was born um, and probably been in you from the day you were born, um, how have you also not let the fear of COVID and restrictions in hospitals or pushback medically or even just you getting on Instagram, mm. showing your face, being present? Like, how have you not let all of that overcome you and stop you from actually launching this dream? Like on your hard days, like what is it being that's like, this is going to get me through? Mm. Such a great question. I love that because it gives me the opportunity to do a bit of reflection right now. The biggest motivating factors for me is that obviously I'm growing our third baby at the moment and I feel so like so far every pregnancy, it's been progressively more, it's forced me to go deeper within myself. So my second pregnancy was like, great. It was like, cool. I've got this amazing birthing power within me. I'm so wise. I can do anything. And this time around, it's just like, nothing can mess with me. Nothing can touch me. You know, like the, the experience of birthing my son at home without that anyone coaching me, without anyone telling me what to do with only my inner strength and my own birthing power guiding me and my body guiding me. It's like, it does something to you. It, I wish I knew the science behind it, but I swear there is science behind it. It just does something to you where it takes you to a whole nother level and, and you can't come back down from that. Like I'll never go back to the mother I was the first time around. I'll never go back to her. She's gone. And I, I feel myself, I've, excel to an even greater level now and so the way that I see the world is completely different the way that I even see other people is different and part of that comes from me drawing strength from my baby just I feel so grounded and then again it it, honestly the foundation that I do everything on is my faith my faith in Jesus Christ my knowing that I am a daughter of Heavenly Father, that I've come here at this specific time for a specific purpose. And I feel like right now my purpose is to help raise the next generation of warriors by supporting my birthing sisters. And it just gives me so much courage. It gives me so much hope. It gives me so much strength. And I I sort of feel not in a cocky way, but a little bit untouchable because I'm just like, I'm walking with God. Like I'm on another level. Nothing can touch me really. And yeah, it's so liberating and empowering, especially through a person with my personal views of the whole COVID situation and lockdowns. And if you follow on Instagram, you know very clearly what they are. It takes guts to be outspoken about that. It, it really does. But I just feel like I couldn't do it in my own strength. It's, I couldn't do it in my own power and I'm not and I wouldn't want to. Mm -hmm. so beautiful I love that (laughs) and 
the reason I'm asking you such overcoming questions is because I know there's so many women out there, mothers, women that have dreams in their heart, that have purpose, just like you, that may not yet have fully tapped into it or discovered it or had that life altering moment where it's awakened something in them or they're right on the cusp of that. And I think all COVID has done is strip back the layers. Yeah. Um, release the awareness of how much fear actually lives inside us what are we afraid of why are we afraid what strength do we lean on who is our source who do we turn to in times of need and where do we think we're going when we die and these are all big questions that are coming up for people what's the point in living anymore what am I going to do the rest of my life what matters to me And as a result, people have had to dig really deep. They've also been stuck at home with more time to think. Um, The distractions have been removed, like that take our time and energy away from inner work or inner knowing. And I've seen more people come back to spirituality, more people dig deep for forgiveness, more people go, there must be more for my life, more people become less afraid of actually dying be less afraid of sickness and disease. So it's kind of been this real journey and and flip. So my final question for you is, has there been one thing that you really felt like you overcame and by overcoming that, it unleashed this extra confidence or that real spark? Or was there that particular moment where you did process and heal through your birth and your first birth? And then all of a sudden we're like, right, that is it. Like this is go time. This is a line is going to shine moment. I ain't going to let what experience Mm -hmm. I had stop me. I'm going to use it to unleash my gift. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was my son's birth, a hundred, a thousand, a million percent. It was that because, and I feel like I've touched on this a a number of times already in our interview, but truly it's like, what? I just had a baby and nobody told me how to do it. What? I just roared that baby out of me. And all I had as my kind of instruction was what my body was telling me to do. What? Like I did that. I actually did that. I, it's, I, I almost struggle to find the words, the way that it, how, how it transformed me. It was just like, oh my gosh, I can freaking do anything. I can run a marathon. Like this is harder than running a marathon, but I did it. Like we praise and put athletes up on a pedestal. We give them medals and trophies, but where's my trophy? Like I deserve a trophy. Look at what I just did. Like I just, I just had this baby at home I did it my way and I did it in my power and I trusted my body and I trusted my baby and I overcame so much to get here. I had to heal from that trauma the first time around. And I, where I started that journey was like, my body failed me. Like I, I'm not capable of pushing out a baby because I couldn't push out my daughter. Like she had to be sucked out of me. I, I'm not going to know when my, when it's time to push. I don't know what that feels like. How, how will I really know? That's where I started. Mm. And then on the other side of that, it was just like, oh man, like, I'm freaking amazing. I'm, I can, I can do anything. And that's not to say that there hasn't been times where I've had the voice of insecurity and doubt creep in. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Even still this day, even getting my mate's mother up and going, like I, I still face off with imposter syndrome and feeling inadequate. Like, am I, am I really equipped for this? Why do women really want to listen to me? Like, what, what could I Mm. possibly say? What, what value could I give? Who am I? Like, I'm not, I'm not trained for this. I'm not an expert. What makes me, you know, an authority on this topic. And and I just, I come back to like, (laughs) I had a baby at home. I can do anything. And it keeps me focused on the vision, you know, what got me to the very end with having that dream birth with my son was the vision of the moment I would meet him. I had that very clear in my mind, knew exactly what it looked like. I knew exactly what it felt like. And that's what I focused on. And so I focus again on my vision, like, what am I creating here? I'm, I'm creating a new, returning to the old way of birth and what that looks like and what, how women can experience that. And I just wish every woman could know that was possible for them 
Because some women truly don't. Some women truly don't know that's even an option for them. And all I, yeah, I just hope that more women can come to know that. Like, hey, it is possible. Yeah, wow. And while you're talking, I think like what I'm kind of like sensing is your story isn't just about um, the outcome for birthing women. Like you're going to have lots of people that come to you and they're going to Alana, I want to birth at home, help me do it. But I also feel like there's going to be something really powerful about the fact that you got from birth one to birth two. It's that gap in between that I think is actually going to empower women even more. And there may be some women that still decide they don't feel comfortable to birth at home and they still want to be in hospital for whatever reason. But I still feel like there's this space that maybe it's even mentoring, maybe mentoring where you could actually really help women get from the one to the two. And it's that gap in between that can rob us of joy, fear, build resentment. There's just so much unhealing. And even just you sharing your story today and being a beacon of hope that you can overcome a situation where you had an episiotomy and your baby was sucked down, was traumatic, and I felt like someone took over my body and I lost my choice and my rights and those four walls were closing in on me. I actually got through that and I healed and got to a place of forgiveness and surrender there's something in that I feel like for you, for so many women out there, because that is the story of like, I think it's like 40 to 50% of women that birth, it could even be higher because that means if you can do it, an everyday gal in Victoria called Alana, that means every other freaking woman can get through that experience too and not be downtrodden and feel like she can't because it can actually rob us of thinking that we can do things again and we are capable and we do somewhere deep inside us if you really dig deep when you listen to women they think that they failed and that is like the ultimate root of that whole birthing all you see is I failed and I really think there's going to be something in that for you speaking into that scenario because no woman should ever feel like she's failed especially in birth I don't care what the scenario is so yeah I just wanted to encourage you with that because what you've overcome is extraordinary and you're in such a place of peace now and empowerment and Mm. that is the greatest turnaround from any traumatic experience that anybody ever has wow thank you so much I yeah I don't often get the opportunity to reflect and so just as you were speaking uh yeah I just took the opportunity to think back to how far I have come I truly was that woman who lost all faith and trust in her body. Man, my body failed me. Like my body doesn't know how to do this. How am I going to do it differently ever again? And you know, you have two choices in that situation. You can, you can let the fear continue to consume you and paralyze you and dictate how you're going to experience birth from then on out. Or you can choose to rise above it. You can choose to heal. You can choose to find your inner strength again and get to that place where that fear may be still present in your life, but no longer holds power over you. That's the ultimate goal that I, that I hope that I help the women who come to me achieve is like, you can do this. It is absolutely possible. Maybe it wasn't the way that you wanted it to go the first time around, but you have the opportunity to rewrite that story. And it does take a lot of work. The method that I teach is simple, but it is not easy. It is not easy. And and there are women who come to me with the beautiful intention to birth at home, but they're not willing to to go deep. They're not willing to really do the work to, to, you know, peel back all the layers, to ask the hard questions and that's really what it takes. You have to hold on to something beyond you because in your own power and your own strength, you can only do so much. And, you know, obviously the way that I support women is built on my foundation of faith. And not all women who come to me uh, have that same belief, are religious or Christian. And, and I know that a lot of people are even triggered by the word religion and triggered by Christianity and, and that's okay. But that's honestly you know, what helped me get from where I was to where I am now. So beautiful. I got the words <laughs> grieve to dream. So grieve, saying goodbye and finding peace and having that time to grieve the the 
potentially the pregnancy and the birth that they didn't get and close that up and put it somewhere special because it's it's a part of you now and it's okay to look at it and accept it and and grieve through it but then shut that door so then you can kind of it's really funny I got the got the picture of um like mixing a big pot like when you mix it all up and you kind of like almost like a potter's pot and so you can dream again and stir everything up and like the wonder and the miraculous and the excitement and the creation that could be before you round two round three round four whatever your experience was but it was almost like yeah a grieve close the door to dream again and I think when you get in that dream state that's when you can believe that there's more there's potential it could be something different and you stop projecting so that's so exciting I'm so excited for mm. you I'm so excited I'm gonna leave this call back like, so we should make a baby so I can <laughs> yes that dream dream state is such an exciting place to be in dreaming yeah go ahead and dream dream baby number two (laughs) I actually think I already have dreamed baby number two I'm I'm pretty certain I've I've got it I've just got to be in a permanent resident that I can actually birth my baby I'm just going to be in a hotel (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) because we're on the road oh (laughs) yeah Anyway, thank you so much for everything. Obviously, mm. if there's women out there and you are so resonating with this and it's so landing for you, mm. jump over to Alana's page, Birth with God, and check out Made to Mother. You're going to love her eight-week course. Eight weeks online. Doesn't matter where in the world you are. I have, I've been connecting with women like in Germany, in the US, here in Australia. So come on over and, yeah, let's rewrite our birthing stories so good thank you so much (laughs) thanks caitlin thank you so much for listening to another episode of bell and beyond mama i know you're so busy and your time is precious so i hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters if you have loved this week's episode make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates it would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together. 